0: Welcome to the Red Army Podcast. I'm your host tonight, filling in for Red Oldham, uh, Patrick Kelly. We've got Matt Hutchinson, Ryan out both with us again tonight. Um, we got a lot to catch up to, and uh, we got an article to reflect on. There, there's so much going on in the United World right now, good and bad. Uh, we're gonna dive right in. Uh, we're gonna start with the game against Sheffield Wednesday. It was a couple weeks ago. A lot of you guys are frustrated. Remember it? Showed the best. Showed the worst. Uh, it was a three-three draw. Um, Gents, you know, I would have been happy 2-2 as a draw because we're down 2-0. Um, a little disappointing in the boys, you know, not getting three points there with the three three three-three tie. Um you saw the best United, you saw the worst united. Ryan, let's start with you on your, your
1: aspect of the game. Yeah, the Sheffield United, the Blades, they're always going to be a, a tougher squad. They keep it compact. Um, this was a game where It necessarily wasn't going to suit us just because they do stay a bit back on the ball. But um, it was very tough to watch in the first half. We looked very disjointed, kind of didn't know what we were doing. Players didn't know their assignments. It was kind of a hodgepodge put together squad because of injuries. Um, But I'll just jump right into when we started scoring. Um, Brandon Williams, first touch, absolute wonderful goal. Um, He had been having a rough match up until then. He had a yellow card. Uh, his pace just wasn't keeping up with the game. Then Mason Greenwood steps in and get one. He's been kind of our super sub now, guys. I think it's been at least three occasions that he has come in and he has scored goals. He came on in the 73rd, scored four minutes later. Correct, yeah. And then it was tied, and he just finally felt like, we're going to go get this match. We're going to get this game. Um, Marcus Rashford scores again, and it is right after. So you had the 72nd, 76th. The best I mean, we, 10 minutes of football I've seen from the squad, precluded by the worst game I've ever seen from Manchester United, just for us to give it up again.
0: You know, in, in seven minutes, we scored three goals, and we were in quite the drop before that. Matt, what what was the difference you saw?
2: There just seems to be this this inconsistent squad that that we've, we've got, and they still can't seem to play as a team, and they're missing that one leader, and, and uh, I think it's, I think you got a bunch of young kids out there too. And I think it's the lack of experience of how do we, you know, now we've gotten this lead, how do we shut it down? So I think it's just, it was just, you know, exemplifies everything that's been going wrong with United this year.
0: Well, I think a little bit too is, you know, they're down to nothing and decided to play and they showed what they can do when they're playing well. Um, they got the lead and it, it looked comfortable. And then they just didn't have the experience to close it out. Um, you know, I, I'm going to say I, I would rather of us finish that game 2-2 than 3-3. I, I think I'm frustrated with, you know, losing the lead late after you battle back like that. Um, you know, let's see best out of three votes. Are, are you happy or, or are you very upset with that game?
1: Uh, Ryan, what's your vote? I mean, I'm still very upset with that game just because it's – when you're starting, nobody has really questioned Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's tactics. And I am. Um, I'm – We'll talk about Tottenham later, but I'm still really questioning his tactics. We cannot hold a lead. Um, Our defense is still leaking goals. We just need to keep the foot on the gas and keep it coming. I'm not sure why a forward was substituted out to try and hold on to a lead that I don't think we looked very comfortable in. So I think it was not going to say the match was on him, but definitely tactics have to be questioned at this point in the season. He's had enough time with these players.
0: Matt, are you are you happy with a three three draw? Were you comfortable with the comeback or are you upset? Would you rather have been two two with a draw?
2: Yeah, I mean it felt like a loss because you, you you went out, you fought hard and and you get the and and it looks like you're gonna get the three points on the road and you've redeemed yourself and you know, if we if we would have walked out three two, we wouldn't have been super thrilled because we were awful most of the match, but at least you could say, Okay, there's some things to build on. And then and then the team doesn't have the mentality to see it out through and you know, some I think it's just a combination of a lot of things. Again, I think it's a youth. I think I agree with uh Ryan talking about the substitution. I think Ollie's made um quite a few substitution uh blunders this year. I, I I'm questioning if he's taken the advice of, of Phelan and and Kerrick and, and it just it's not it's head scratching when he when he makes those sorts of substitutions or the timing when he brings people on or who he's bringing on, that sort of thing. So it it ended up really feeling like a loss at the end of the day.
0: I mean, we saw a great 10 minutes from them, but it wasn't a complete game, which we've been searching for all season. Uh, That moves us into Austin, Aston Villa. Ugh. Austin. (laughs) Aston. Same thing. (laughs) Um, Ugh. You know, that's a draw um, to a team that we should, you know, they're newly promoted. It's a team that we should easily walk away with three points from. We didn't once again this season.
1: That Jack Grealish they had on their squad, unbelievable player. He gets fouled all the time, but, you know, he definitely looked good. And it just, um, I believe we had, I think, four yellow cards in that match. So it was just was definitely tough keeping up with him, which is, again, kind of worrying. Um, he's not, you know, a superstar of a player. But yet again, it was a match in which the first half, they still don't know what they're doing. Even Solskjaer himself has admitted, we're not sure how to get these guys started on the, the right foot. They had kept everybody home in England while the, the kids uh, traveled abroad. So they were fresh. So it's it is kind of a wonder how we cannot start games flying on the front foot, especially to these lower-tier teams we got going. I mean, Grealish scored his first goal in 11
0: minutes in. That, that's just not the Man United way. Matt, your thoughts on the
2: game? It, it's a team that we should handle pretty easily. Yeah, I mean, there's not much <clears throat> else to say other than, you know, we continue to play down to competition and we're playing up to competition. You know, how how we can get a draw against Villa, it, it's, it's beyond frustrating. And then you look back at, like, a game of, like – you know, against Liverpool, where we draw one-one, and and we're going to talk about here in a little bit. But we go out against Tottenham, who just had the manager bump, and you know, we're thinking they're going to be dangerous, and we end up beating them. So it's just why, why the fact that we can't go out and see these games out is is a massive problem.
0: Yeah, and it's frustrating
2: as United fan. These are games that we should be able to
0: walk through, get two extra points on, and, and just be done with it. Um, on Thanksgiving, we had the Europa game. We were already through. We played the kids. I'm um, not going to ask about the game because I just listened to it on the radio and my mom's at the Ozarks. But, uh, you know, what kind of statement are they saying when they, when they bring the uh, the U23s along for a Europa game?
2: Well, I mean, I think it's when you look at what the game plan is for United as a whole right now, it's it's about pushing this youth through. And, and we'll talk about it more later. When we start discussing the article, but this was this was a good opportunity to take the take this young squad out to a uh, location very very far away from home and get them you know into a tough environment and see how they could do. So I'm okay with them put playing all the young kids for this one. It, you know we were already through and let's give them a chance to play in a unique environment.
0: You put them on a dome stadium in turf. As far as way if, as you're ever going to travel in your Manchester United career, I, I thought it was a great move by Ole. I thought it was a great move by the club to let these young guys play. In the in the best part, Jesse scored um, a Finally. goal that I, I think he absolutely needed. <laughs> Ryan, wh- what are you? Not necessarily the game, but the statement of playing the kids.
1: No, I think you guys coined it perfectly. I mean, if you want to play for a club as massive as Manchester United, sometimes you gotta travel these places. You're gonna be uncomfortable. And there's, I can't think of anything more uncomfortable than going to where it's, you know, negative 22 degrees outside, um, and you're, you're far away from your home. You know, you guys are still kids in there, but very happy to see Jesse go out there. I think that's exactly the game where you need to come back in future. And I know we're going to touch again on him, but he's definitely been a, a breath of fresh air. So <clears throat> yesterday
0: we played uh, the special ones over at Tottenham. Walked away with three points. Um, it was a very different United team than we've seen in a while. Um, I, I'm going to give all credit to that match to, uh, to Rashford. I, I, he's not played with that much passion, that much work effort, um, that much of what Marcus Rashford was three or four years ago in a long time. And he carried the team on his shoulders, got himself a double, and, um, you know, it was it was a big deal bringing Josie back in, and you, you saw the players respond as you guys were right of sacking Josie. But you know what? We need you to respond that way against Villa. We need you to respond that way uh, against Sheffield. I thought it was a great match. I watched it on my iPad at work. Um, you know, seeing Mason Greenwood open up space for Rashford um, the work ethic of Jesse Lugard. I mean, it's the first time we've seen a guy on this team cramp up during a game because his legs are so tired. I don't yeah. think it's lack of fitness. I think it's more of effort. Um, you know, it's it's good to beat Josie, whether whoever he coaches for, uh, as much as I love the guy. But, man, what a great win for the team. But it also shows our inconsistency. Yeah, Yeah, like- I think.
1: It's, go ahead Matt. Oh, okay yeah I
2: was just gonna say it's just it's another situation where you know we play up for the big moments and, and we don't show up for the routine stuff and that's a big problem um you know it the 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 players have to learn to grind it out every game regardless if it's jose coming back to uh, old Trafford or if you're gonna be playing a, a midweek game against Sevilla so it's 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 a problem um, but it, it, you know the way the players went out and played especially at like you said uh, rashford it, it seemed like they treated this as a must win game. I think they would have felt extremely embarrassed to have the old manager come back and he would have beaten them. Um, so, you know, hopefully some positives can be taken away from this win and, uh, and, and they can carry it forward. The thing I'm wondering is, and I, I read an article the other day that was talking about how, you know, Jose uh, was ignored by some of the players pre-game. He was giving them some tips and, and they weren't listening and that could just be pure speculation, but, you almost wonder if if they're not going to have this manager bump, and maybe they're already leery of of Jose with how it ended at at United. You know, this is two Premier League clubs now where he's left on on bad terms, and he's heading in there. So maybe the players aren't going to respond as positively as as they would to another new manager coming in. But certainly good to to you know. Could you imagine you know had we lost? People or are already starting to call for Ollie's head. You know, and, and they a lot of people were, you know, coined this as a, a make or break game for him. If he lost, then they thought maybe he was gonna get sacked. So um, we just gotta find this motivation in every game, not just when something big is gonna happen.
0: Well, Matt, you mentioned the players got up for this game. So right now with Ole in question, is it the players or is it the coach? And we've had this discussion the last two years.
2: Yeah, I for me, I think. I, I think the blame lays lays on on both sides. I think if if we're talking about getting up for a match, um, Ollie's a positive guy, right? And, and he carries himself in a positive manner, and and he's quick to praise the players, and, and he's not going to hang them out to dry. Um, and, and so I have a hard time believing that the players are going to, you know, be down, be negative because of Ollie's you know behavior. Uh, Whereas I think like with a Jose, you know, it it can become a very negative environment. And so it's hard to get up. So I, I think in these cases, I think it's, it's seems, it's more of a problem with the players. I think there's a general frustration and no one's stepping up to try to figure out, okay, how can we start breaking these teams down because they're sitting all these, everybody's in the back behind the ball and, and they're crowding it out and we can't seem to figure it out. No one seems to be really, try and take ownership, except for a game like against Tottenham, where Rashford does figure it out. So, I think it's starting to shift more on the players now. I think, you know, we've cycled through four managers now since Fergie's left, and so I think and now you have to start putting some responsibility on players that have been around for a while.
0: Ryan, what are your thoughts on the Tottenham game?
2: Well, I think it was the first complete
1: performance that we saw all year. I mean, you guys will praise Rashford, and I absolutely do, but for me, the man of the match was Scott McTominay. Um, he was injured. He had one training day, and he went and played. Absolutely phenomenal. He did his job. Um, for me, he's been the most consistent player of the year, even though, obviously, <clears throat> goals and stats aren't going to show that. But you know nobody's scoring besides Rashford, so it's not you know a big deal. But the problem I have with this game, and that just kind of hurts the heart, it's just a big about nothing game. And what I mean by that is, I knew in my heart and in my head, we're going to win this game. Not because it's Jose or anybody, but just because it's a bigger team. We've given Liverpool their only blemish on their record. We killed Chelsea at the opener. We've beaten Leicester. Second so, place, Leicester. Right. And which I think they're going to stay second place. I think um, top four is done and dusted. I really do. We'll talk later, though, I'm sure about that. But, um, we can get up for these big matches. And it's not because necessarily it's how big the teams are, but it's their style of play. We still cannot break any team down. Um, Tottenham did end up with more possession than us, and we won the game, but that's usually how it works with Manchester United these days. But, you know, definitely giving the, the guys credit. Um, Jose Moreno was very forthright in his post match commentary saying, yeah, my squad was just not up for this. I mean, they have gotten somewhat of a bump. They have won three matches in a row, which they didn't do since last year. Deli Ali has an absolute new lease on life. And once he gets going and Son gets going and Harry gets going, you know, I think they're going to be just fine. I think they'll be just fine with them for the next year or so. But no, anyway, great performance from everybody. It was good to see. It's just, are we going to be able to carry that momentum? I mean, it doesn't stop. We do have City away uh, here in a couple days. So, Is there going to be anybody in the squad rotation? McTominay going to still be able to play? Is Paul Pogba going to play? You know, So we'll just have to see how these things go.
0: Well, and I'll touch on McTominay. Uh, He's very good at making the team uncomfortable and playing balls before they need to. And on top of that, when they play a long ball, I mean, there are several different parts where he put pressure on their midfield where they played a ball to a forward before they wanted to. And Lindelof or McGuire cleared it McTominay was right there to get it back and start go the other way. Um, you know, as great as Rashford was that game, I thought McTominay stopped at a lot of things before they were something. And, and it's so great to have him back in the lineup. Um, yeah, and, and their goalie gave him a little snap, you know, early in the <laughs> game. Which, man, and then going back to their game too, teams are just beating the hell out of David James, Daniel James. Yeah, I mean, he's Daniel just James. Getting-
1: He's just getting absolutely killed. Did you? I don't know if you guys saw the, him do the highlight. They're where, letting him do um, it. I can't remember who slide tackled him, but he even ran into Mourinho. You know, and he went down to make sure he was okay. Well, and he um, slide tackled him with two feet in the air, absolutely. studs up ahead of they, him. They they are killing him, and the it's it goes and, back to when game in was, game out. We're having this discussion about teams yes. physically going after yes. David James, and it's, Daniel James. Well, and you, we're not going to we're not going to victimize ourselves like Liverpool, you know, folks would do. But there has to be know, come at times kid yeah he gets killed every match but they're starting to protect him he's getting cards i know james is not hazard you know hazard was very protected but there comes a time and a place where if a player is being fouled three times within the first 20 minutes and they're legit it's kind of like okay but we also have to think we've seen some dives out of daniel james Daniel James goes 150 miles an hour into 50-50 balls. Doesn't and he's as big as he's as big as me. Though. And when you're going so, that I mean, fast, that's just gonna happen. When you're going that fast, you're it doesn't get, take it's much get to get off of balance. No, it doesn't.
0: No, it doesn't. Um this week, just today, there was a great article that Rhett shared in the group. Um, you know, it, it it's a little downtrodden. Um it's kind of one of those things where you're looking at it, you're like, you know what? I've I've watched this happen, but I can't admit to it. Uh, it was a great ESPN FC article about just how we got to where Manchester United is. It was too big to fail, and it failed. Um, you know, it starts off, kind of gives the coaches' mind of, of what's happened and what's happened with the stars that we've signed and where it went. Um, it starts off with David Moyes. You know, we thought he was the one that was knighted by by Alex Ferguson to reign into the next era. And uh,
1: seven months later, eight months later, he gone. You remember uh, that last match, Premier League match, Sir Alex Ferguson had at Old Trafford? He was literally pleading to the crowd. To support this man and support your club, I don't know if you guys remember that. I remember mm-hmm. watching that. Yeah, stand by. Him. I could stand by him, and it'll be tough. Absolutely. Yeah. And before Sir Alex Ferguson had said that, I said, "What in the hell are we doing getting Everton's yep. coach? What in the hell is this?" And then all this Alex had to do was say those words. I said, "Okay, all right. If you bless it, then I'm all in." So he inherited
0: an aging team. And the blessing to that aging team was Marijuana Fellini. Mm. It was not the shot in the arm that the team was looking for. And your first transfer is a guy named Fellini with, you know, a couple guys. An afro? Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> just like Fletch, six foot five, six foot nine with fro. Um, <laughs> and there's some other guys out there that they just didn't get. And, you know, that, that seems like the trend that we're going to go down, we're going to walk down this path on the show tonight of, you know, where we are. It seems like that was kind of the trend is like, you know, we, we want product a, but we're going to go with product C. That's kind of the same. And as much as we love Flaney and is segmented is his job with the United was, is that the shot in the arm that you give your new manager after the Fergie era?
2: Well, so here, here's my take on, on, on the Fellaini versus whoever else we're going after. I, and the common thread throughout, at least, at least what I take away from the article, is the common thread and the common problem is, is Woodward, right? And, and we've got the wrong guy in charge. And, and all the other analysis and discussion that we can have about individual games, individual players, and, and everything that's going on right now, it kind of boils down to just one thing, and it's, and it's Woodward's th- the problem. And I think what happened was you, you gave the, you have the biggest manager of, of club football ever. And not arguably the, you know, you can make the argument the greatest manager of sports <laughs> of all time. And you have arguably one of the best uh, of uh, executives in, in club soccer of all time, and, and David Gill, both leaving at the exact same time. And you hand the reins over to a mid table manager. And he handed the reins uh, of the control of the club and, and the transfers and the budget and everything over to an accountant who, who's never been in any sort of similar role before. And it's like taking a 16 year old who's just learned how to drive a car and putting them behind a, a NASCAR car saying, okay, go out, and win this race, you know? And so Moyes came in and, He or sorry, Woodward came in and they said in the article he gets awestruck by by these big names, these big people and everything. So I think he walked in because he thought, hey, you know, which you can't
0: do in that position.
2: Right. And I think he walked in thinking, I'm now in charge of Manchester United. I'm going to be able to go out and get whoever I want. And I don't think he was prepared or, or quite did his homework on. How he was going to go about and make these big transfers he's wanted to do. I think he had the names. I think he probably had every intention to go get those guys. And I, I'm I'm sorry, I'm drawing a blank, but there were some three really big names that were on that list: Thiago, Fellaini, Harold, Harold Baines. I
1: forgot who, who the third was. No, Thiago was one. Baines, Baines, and Marijuana Fellaini were the two.
2: Well, that was, no, that, was, that was that was that was who Moyes wanted. Mm-hmm. There was, and, and again, I, I wish I would have remembered it, but. Woodward wanted some really big names to come through, and and when he couldn't get it done, well, then we're stuck with you know we're stuck I with think, no it was Bale, Bale Ronaldo Fabregas, yes yes yeah he was yeah, that's guys. right he was going to bring back okay. Ronald he was going to bring back Ronaldo and he's going to go get Bale and he's and do you, you know, really do just, you really
0: expect at that point in Manchester United that we're going to bring all three of those guys into in Old but, Trafford I, he, I
1: sure as hell think they're not going to come
2: play okay, for
0: David Moyes but I think he whether whether they told him that was the deal which is his
2: fault for believing. Cause David, I, don't, I, I don't David Moyes. Think... David Moyes said, and it's, it's quote in the article. He said, "Either this guy is a genius or he's out of his mind because of the way he carried himself." I think he walked in, and goes, "My name badge says Manchester United. <laughs> I'm golden, and we're gonna get this done." And I think he had a rude awakening. And I think he spent, spent this entire time that that Fergie's been gone trying to sort out, you know, what he can really do in this position. And we'll get into more later. And I and I don't mean to kind of go on a huge tirade about it but I think I think the biggest problem in terms of when Moyes was here was I think um, Woodward stepped in and, and thought he could accomplish things that he was nowhere near ready to do so
0: so a little bit more in the article they talk about bringing in Juan, Juan well,
2: Um
0: you know which we love Juan now because yes. that's where we're at um, well he flew it in a helicopter to Carrington yeah, that's, they, how, big, they, they that's gave, how big to do it was they gave him the to do <laughs> Um, and, and in the article they mentioned, hey, we had uh, Kagawa, w- which was a fan favorite. We loved him to death, um, Kind of played the same role, but was younger legs and, and everything else for sure. And again, was it big name and what we needed? You know that, that's another mistake I think that the team absolutely made was, we had a great guy, Kagawa. He was a great uh-huh. player, He played the same position. But you know Juan Mata, you know he had fallen out with his coach, which we later hired, and it was just one of those things where like, uh, okay, sure.
2: Yeah, I I was so excited with Brian Kagawa because at the time he was you know he's playing for Dortmund and he was he was the the player of the year and it was when Dortmund was like really pushing Bayern and and Klopp was there and he was up and coming and that that that. um that uh, that team was so exciting and fun to watch, and Kagawa was a huge part of it, right? And so you bring him in, and you know it's going to take him a little bit of time to get adjusted to the Premier League. And Moyes just would not play him, and I would just every week I would get on, I'd complain about Kagawa not starting, and and if he finally got on, I'd be going on and on about he's playing how good he looks. And and Kenny Hoffer used to make fun of me so much about it, like it, I think I drove him nuts how much I was going on about Kagawa, but. I, I thought here's here's finally a legit guy I think in, in the midfield that ten roll that is could be really exciting, fun to watch, and we're not using him, and and we kind of just ended up ruining one of the best players that you know had been playing for that for that time period. So um, super frustrating to see that that pan out, and that was just I think that just showed you know a lack of vision and a lack of communication between Moyes and and uh and, and 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 woodward and and the rest of the scout team to try and figure out you know what's who's really the best player to play in that position and and who's the right guy to bring in i
0: who would you take right now ryan would you take kagawa or would you take mata talking about at the present
1: right now right now uh, I, I haven't seen kagawa play in God only knows how long. But um,
0: Do you think if he would have stayed with United, would he have developed into the solid number
1: 10 that we kind of hope that Mata is? Oh, yes, quite possibly, because when Louis van Gaal came in, um, at least for the first six months, he definitely brought back the attacking football for a while. That's for sure. Until he figured out he still had a lot of old legs that really couldn't do it. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But at the time, Juan Mata, that was just a name. That was just somebody that we got from Chelsea. That was one of Chelsea's star players. Juan Mata was the, the player of the year for Chelsea two years in a row before that, guys. Let's remember this. Let's remember he was a real star in the Premier League. So, this was just a puff out your chest. We are man united. We still get what we want moment. And That's, it was in that that's what that was.
0: It was in that word after not bringing back the guys that he told Moyes that he was going to go get. Hey,
1: we got this guy, right? That's what that was about. I don't think Juan was coming to save our souls or anything like that, but that was just saying, Hey, you know, we're still here. Yeah.
2: But, and but, arc- but we, we, we wanted to believe that that was our moment to puff our chest out. You know, oh, I remember, absolutely. I remember sure. private messaging, you know, you guys and other guys who went broad like, yeah, look, we're back, you know, and, and maybe it wasn't to that degree, but I think we were like, you know, finally we did something big and he's coming in on a helicopter and fuck Chelsea and, you know, <laughs> all, all this other... That non-... might be the first Red Army F-bomb. Yeah, yeah it's There fine. it is. Man. Yeah, Makes there you bad. go. Nicest, <laughs> sweetest guy. Trust FC. Yeah. You don't have no history. <laughs> but, you know, it's just... It, it, I think we wanted it to be a bigger moment than when it really was, you know, because we were so desperate for, for something. So, you know, I exaggerated how great it was at the time. I had nothing else to talk about. Well, there was <laughs> nothing else to
1: talk about. <laughs> no. but, uh, but just a quick step before we roll into the the other gentleman that um, I showed you guys the stat before that win with Olay and and Moyes really no difference except Olay was one draw better and they fired Moyes and that was it. Not, not putting, you know, tit for tat. I'm just saying like, this is where we are as a club. The question is like, and, but, but we're happy with this guy. We're absolutely thrilled with this man that we have. Well,
0: and I think some of it,
1: a lot of it is
0: now we realize it's a different league than it was when Moise was around.
1: In five years, the EPL has become a very, very different league. Absolutely, but not eighth, ninth, and tenth. And can't even get top four bad. But eh, I'm going off track, fellas. Let's move on to Louis Van Gaal. Yeah, let's go to the (laughs) Van Gaal area where
0: we get uh, (laughs) a... We got a Louis, a, a, a Maria, Louis
1: we got a Depey, Hall. we got a Falco. Well, this is a champ first of all, Louis Van Hall changed soccer. If everybody remembers his time at Barcelona, he changed how the game was played. He got mm-hmm. the uh it was a World Cup semifinal, he got him to the final Champions League winner. So one of the best in the world that we brought. So I didn't think it murdered that saved. game in the semi. Wasn't that the seven to one game? Uh, it may have been. It may anyway. have been, but nobody's counting. I but I was. All I'm saying is, I thought finally, this is going to be the guy. We're saved. We're going to be back. We're going to be contending again. And especially the transfer window that we had, that I still contest, was probably on. You know, obviously on paper, that's the best transfer window we've had in a freaking decade. Unbelievable. Yeah. Crazy. I I thought I said, man, we're back. You know. Woodward may not be the best, but he'll spend money. Maybe he's listening to Van Hall and then you, know, you guys take it away. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Done. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we we did win the FA Cup. Uh well, he man. was fired right after it, yeah. Well, it, it was also in the news that he was gonna be.
1: Right. Um Which was terrible. That was a you know, terrible sinking low moment for Manny United. That you just you didn't like yourself after that happened like that. You wanted him to go, but not like that. Cal was
0: still injured and he was not healthy. As much as we liked the guy, he was not great. As much as this article wants to blame Di Maria and Van Gaal, Di Maria is not an EPL player whatsoever. And this is the only art part of the article that I absolutely disagree with. And I said that all along the way that he is just soft. He doesn't put in the work. He's super skilled and talented but he is not ready to play in a physical
2: league yeah. like the EPL. I, I'm still going to disagree just a bit. I disagree when, too. And when, that's fine, you guys are wrong. When his
1: house, <laughs> no, his house. Somebody broke into the house. His wife wanted out of Manchester, and he didn't. And he doesn't get along with a coach. I don't care how good you are yeah. or you weren't. You're just not going to play your best football. He, I get what you're saying, PK. But hell, hold on here for the first couple of months, he was the second coming of Christ. Finally, our our number seven. We haven't had a number seven like this since Ronaldo. That's all I kept reading about.
2: So, so I watched La Di Maria when he was at at Real Madrid because I I, came, I was watching. <laughs> of course, La La Re- well, I was watching La Real Madrid when. Well, he's room. a glory
1: hunter. So yeah, well, yeah,
2: okay. yeah, yeah. I, I, I <laughs> fine. No, I okay. When Ronaldo went to when Ronaldo went to. Real Madrid I started I started watching and I'm a glory hunter and (laughs) (laughs) he admits it first (laughs) god I I loved watching him play and I'll never forget watching the Champions League final when he just absolutely owned the game I mean it was everything was coming from him it was ridiculous Hmm. watching how good he was. And so when we got him, I was so excited. I got the shirt and, and – Oh, I, oh no, of yeah. course you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, it had number seven Van, on the back. It did. Yeah. It did. It did. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think he had enough time to really prove out whether or not he was a Premier League player or not. I wish he would have had the mentality to try to work through it. But let's be honest. Van Hall is – the problem with Van Hall was the right – probably the right guy, just the wrong time. He was probably five to ten go. years too late. Yeah. And and the article does a really good job of talking about how City and Liverpool and, and all these other Premier League teams were starting to change their styles where it was more aggressive, faster paced, especially with your front three. So the, the game was dramatically changing. I think Louis Van Hall had the, had a big enough uh, demeanor and ego and attitude to be the United manager. And I think that's what got me most excited about him was, here's a guy who's going to come in with confidence in the press and the other managers and – And players, and nobody's going to get you know tell this guy he's wrong, and and he and we're going to love every minute of it. And we got some great you know clips and quotes and oh yeah and everything. He falls on the touchline that press
1: conference. He throws out his his book, his stat book. Oh yeah.
2: I mean, let's be honest, it was the most entertaining manager we've had since Fergie left.
0: But on the same note, same note, the article was he would have meetings with his players about (laughs) justifying shots they took.
2: Because it's he was that, but that's that old school mentality, and he wanted them to play a specific system, and you've got these guys, especially like a De Maria, where that's just not how they're gonna play. Yeah, so are you gonna get it was a disconnect. It was a massive disconnect. Are you gonna get the best out of your
0: talent? Are you gonna get the best out of your talent, knowing that every time you go out, you're gonna have to
1: justify every pass or every shot? No, no, no. No, he brought up a lot of flair. I think that's why I'm saying, like you know, the reversal of things. Maybe that system would have worked. Right after the team Sir Alex Ferguson left, because it's still some of the old guard, was still some of the good midfield players. But although that transfer window was great, it was all the wrong players for him. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, he here's the next player. question. You know, does that fit in Manchester United 2010? Did Ferguson stay too long?
2: Um, I don't know that he stayed too long. I think they. My were... answer is no. My answer is no. I'm asking you guys. Yeah, I, I think the problem was that they were in denial that. They were going to have to retool. I we didn't prepare for Fergie to leave, and and
0: which, which is beyond me.
2: And and Fergie, let's let's be honest. There was major cracks before Fergie left. Those last two or three years, Paul Paul Scholes retires, and our midfield is such shambles that we have to, to bring back. We have to bring him out of retirement. And I remember being down at bad. the dam. How about and that? We, I remember we were down at the dam watching the game that came back, and we were the <laughs> laughing stock of the bar that day. They're like they really have to bring this guy of retirement? It's this bad? It's like, yeah, it's this bad. But,
1: I mean, he somehow squeezed every little ounce of energy of those players when
2: he won a title. Right. Greatest manager of all time can do that.
1: And the treble, that's, of course, an incredible accomplishment. But I'm not going to try and compare those things. I'm just going to say in the last 10 years, I think the greatest accomplishments as a club was him winning that title and Jose Mourinho finishing runners-up with the squad he had. Absolutely. That was an even Mm -hmm. worse squad, 100%, tenfold, and he still got second place. Yep. So we're running a little bit over tonight, but it's a great discussion.
0: I'm going to – this is the last part I'm going to ask you guys questions about here. Quote from the article, which if you guys haven't seen it yet, it's in the Manchester United – the Red Army group here in St. Louis. Um, Is Ed, Ed Woodward's problem is that he doesn't know what he doesn't know. He means well and wants United to be Premier League and European or European champions, but he thinks he has a solution to everything. He doesn't. United don't, and he needs to hire the right people in key positions. He also is too nice. One problem that both he and the Glazers have is they lack a hard edge. That's not the case with City, Chelsea, or with Levy at Spurs, says one source from ESPN FC. Um. That's a very, very powerful paragraph.
1: Yep. I think we all know, and obviously at the end of you reading this article, you're thinking, what is this guy good for? Why is he still at his job? We know why he's still at his job. He's making record profits for the Americans at a football club that, let's just face it, guys, we're in some dark days right now. And he's continuing to make these deals. And he just makes them and he makes them and he makes them. And the most impressive thing is it's not like we're finishing fourth and third every year and we're belly aching about not getting titles. If we finished fourth and third every year with all these deals that he makes, he'd be getting the full deal with making Champions League. It doesn't matter if we go to Champions League and we get absolutely destroyed, or we don't make group stages or we don't make it past group stages and we get beat the first round. All that money's coming in. Most importantly, the Adidas money that we're getting from the kits. We're we're barely getting half of it now. And it's been that way for years and years. But the thing is, we could sit here and say, this guy's 100% the problem. I don't see how he ever leaves. Because I'm not sure that any other man in football can make money off a club like he's making off Manchester United right now. He's made us the biggest, most powerful sports brand in the world. He's a, an
0: accountant. He's an accountant in charge of soccer.
1: Yep, he's doing he's doing a damn good job at it. In that light,
2: I I, I think the only hope I have is that, and, and this was something that Josie was pushing for. So I will I will give credit to Josie. Oh, oh, I know I knew that was going to make your night, Ryan. Okay, gonna... when
1: you edit this, cue the applause, please. I'm not <laughs> editing. Matt, Matt's in charge of editing. Matt, when you edit, yeah, do the violins right.
2: applause. Or, yeah, I'll make an I'll fire, fire, fireworks and <laughs> screaming, screaming <laughs> girls and everything. It's going to sound the awful. The
1: Beatles coming off a plane,
2: something. Right, oh. right. <laughs> Jose had the conversation with Woodward about having a director of football. And Woodward apparently did it like that. And and it got tabled. And I think I it's. Because <laughs> I Woodward thought Josie bagged that. Ha-
0: That's how I read the article. I thought Josie bagged it. Uh,
1: I would bet not. It wouldn't, wouldn't you think it the other way? Well, yes, I can't I read
0: because I went to Sacred Heart, Ryan.
1: But I just I Well, Woodward no. Read. Oh, I
0: don't. I don't. You can read. I don't I, see why. I don't see I why. Thought I thought I read that as Josie didn't want to do it and Woodard didn't put a fight out
2: for it. In this article, did I misread it?
0: I, you may have. I, that's how I read it, but I'm
2: also stupid. So Okay, so okay, well actually this plays into my whole thing that Jose was wrong.
0: Oh, there it
2: goes. (laughs) Well, it it might, might, (laughs) yeah. Uh, Bring back
0: the fireworks.
2: Regardless, regardless, the problem is, is if Woodward's going to stick around, and I think from a business standpoint, it's smart to keep around because look at the amount of money we're still making, like you said. I think we need to bring in a football guy to be in charge of the football operations. And I think Woodward is finally starting to do some things that he should have done a while back, like a reinvestment in scouting, which I think we should have done that before Fergie even left. Based on some of the struggles we've Which, had trying to get some guys to That
0: being said, the guys that the the U23s that we have involved with the first team are
1: fantastic. Oh players. my God, they're awesome. Well, and they're going to be great. They're going to be Three great years. EPL players. Three years ago, they were relegated. When Jose Moreno was at the squad, they were relegated. That's how far that had to come. That's how when Mourinho came into the squad, he's like, what is going on? This is an absolute mess. That was his big thing about the youth. They all said, you have to play the youth, you have to play the youth. There. He played who he could. Yeah. Now they're now look at what we have. Yeah. I, you almost have to say, do we have too much guys? Do we have too much? Well, I
0: mean, here's the other thing. It, it, director of football is full ego, and I say this because how much do you need to pay a director of football for Manchester United? To how much do they make? They're a four hundred plus billion dollar club. Give a guy eight million dollars a year to go run your soccer team.
1: No. They're gonna have I, to do something. I, I so, don't
2: I'm I don't see us winning a Premier League title under the current setup.
1: Absolutely not. Well, do you see it winning under Olay? The the one big thing that they've had is everybody is scared that if he doesn't switch fortunes, he'll never get to see the fruit of his labors.
2: But why why like to me to talk about Canning Olay at this point is insanity. Oh no, like, no, no,
1: no, no. They're not saying no no no, they're not saying now. They're people, Some next, people are, though. There's the next there's a, couple years.
2: There's a lot even, of people. Yeah. No, idea, you're right.
1: Even me, that my opinion has really switched big time, and I'm starting to think like, oh, my God, what the hell did we do? No, no. This man still deserves a season. Yeah. I think he deserves the start of the next season. There's no doubt about that. Um, just because I want him to get a transfer window and another preseason on his belt. I don't want to go too far down the line. But, I mean, you can only go so far down before you go back up. Yeah. We, we but can't we he needs, we, to, he we needs can't, to spend money. Yeah. That's we, what he we, needs to do.
2: We can't keep cycling through these managers because it's not gonna no, get us anywhere. So so again, what's the common thread? And and it started at the beginning of the discussion, the article, and we're finishing up with it now. It's Woodward. How do you fix the Woodward situation? You bring in a you bring in a head of football, let him run the football operations. Let because I think Woodward has been far too involved in the transfer discussions. I think he is he's changed course on what the philosophy should be. You know, I think at first he thought when he first started off, it's like, I'm going to buy all these superstars and we're going to be a Galacticos and I can get anybody I want because behind my title is Manchester United. Now it's the complete opposite saying we're going to bring through the youth. We're going to play the youth. We're bringing back Ollie, He's a United guy. He's going to reboot the culture. and, And he can't make up his mind because it's not working. He's way in over his head. And we will not win a title while Woodward's controlling everything. Ugh. I mean, I as, just, as I just, an I just, owner, so, sorry a, to ruin everybody's future.
0: Well, it's a whole as whole thing, thing. as <laughs> an owner. As an owner, though, is, as good as Woodward has done, well, not on the soccer side, but is the business side. If you take soccer off his plate and let him run the business side, let him go do that. Go spend seven, eight million dollars a year on a guy that runs the soccer side. Yep, and the whole thing just lifts.
1: Yep. But it can't be that simple because don't you think they would have done a spy now? I mean, we're a stock right now.
0: I, that, that's why I, it's all ego. There has to. Well, it's ego.
2: It's Woodward's ego. It's
0: ego. Well, and, and you got to the think there's just something here's else Here's the other going situation, on. too. City. Here's the other. Go ahead. Here's the other situation. Woodard is such a yes guy for the Glaziers that they don't want to bring someone in. I've been involved with businesses like that. <clears throat> local. Um, <laughs> that they don't want to. The Glaciers are like, hey, we're going to count our money at the end of the day. We don't care if it does well or not. When it could do so much better if you guys just bring a director of football in that you
1: might not like, but he's going to make you more money, idiots. Yeah. I don't know. We'll have to see. It's just cities have lapped us. Liverpool's going to fucking finally win a title. And oh, <laughs> second F-bomb. <laughs> I'm sorry. She's <Jeez>, <laughs> But I, oh, I, it's think okay. it, I think it deserves one, but. Fellas, I just hope we get, please, on just a little bit of a run to at least make it fun for us this year and keep it going. It it does get fun. We do need some seniors around these youngsters that we have, and I think we're going we're gonna to get there, fellas. It's going to yeah, happen. Yeah, I think so, too. It's going to happen.
0: Uh, L- let's bring it out to a close. We're way over our time. Uh, Matt, you know, we had City this weekend. <laughs> Uh, Yager for everyone. We'll see what happens, huh? Yeah, who
2: who who knows? <laughs> I don't even want to try to put a prediction on that one because two. That... two. two yeah two yeah.
0: two, I, two I huh? Their defense is Pep, so leaky. Pep
1: goes Pep goes crazy. He wants to come over and slap. It's going to be a whole thing. I think it's just going to be it's going to be a <laughs> VAR decision going <laughs> our way late in the game. Two two. That's my prediction. Matt, no
2: prediction. No. I, oh, I I'm I'm far too confused with this team at this point. <laughs> I I can't even figure it out. It's <laughs> Man, right, it's
1: pretty me... simple. We play good against the big teams I, I, and horrible I, against teams. I know, but it's, then we start it's simple to... to
2: figure out. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> here's my thought, and we're gonna end the show on it. United win by a touchdown, Pep gets fired. <laughs> Woo! Cue the stone roses. <laughs> Woo! <Whew. laughs> Come on I here, Ends. Was... Thanks for listening to the show tonight. Your host tonight, Patrick Kelly. I'm with Matt Hutchison. Ryan Cassell. Thanks for listening. Matt, when you edit, cue the Stone Roses. Thanks for listening, guys. Come on, you Reds.